Okay. We got hey. Welcome to the B Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Tonight I am joined by Justin Ayotte. What's up? Milos. Hello, hello, hello. And Josh Krubner. Yo. And we are here for the latest entry into our Be Kind Rewind series uh, with uh, Jurassic World Dominion coming out this weekend. We decided to go back and hit 1993's Jurassic Park. That's um, a big pile of shit. Yeah, sure is. Uh, no, that was Fallen Kingdom, actually. Uh, <laughs> Just wait till you see Dominion. And three. Um, yeah, three's not great either, that's true. Um... Okay, so uh, let's. I'm just gonna run through the basic information of this real quick before we get into our standard. You know, how did you? How were you first exposed to this? Blah blah blah, that kind of thing. Uh, this was released, uh, obviously directed by Steven Spielberg, as I think most people know. Um, released on, I want to say June 11th, uh, 1993. Um, grossed. Uh, had a $63 million budget and grossed worldwide just short of $1.1 billion in 1993. Um, this actually held the record for the uh, highest grossing film until four years later when a certain James Cameron movie with a hot redhead in it about a big giant boat came around. Um, so, Who lies? What? What? <laughs> I said True Lies? Talking about Titanic. <laughs> I know. I know. True Lies came out in 1994. I'm Best sorry. movie year ever. I'm sorry. I blew that joke for you. That, that was actually pretty good. Um, That's so okay. This also, this op, this as most people also know, was uh, adapted from a Michael Crichton novel. Um Apparently, Universal paid him $2 million for the rights uh, before it was even published, because it was published in 90, and they started pre-production on it in 1989, um, and it just took that long to get done because of the all the high-level effects work, obviously. Um, and yeah, so, and I did see also in, in a, another bit of random trivia that uh, Spielberg had a percentage of the gross in the back end in his deal and he got paid out 250 million for this movie so how much 250 million was his percentage <laughs> yeah pretty nuts wow um, so yeah uh, he was um, able to go on and do a bunch of stinkers in the 2000s true yeah uh, the BFG springs to mind as an example. Um, so where I guess we're just we'll do our, yeah, do our usual thing. Uh, where did we all come at this from? We'll start with uh, Milos because I'm curious about how you would have seen this. So first time I saw this, elementary school, watched it on the VHS tape. Uh, I was. A friend of my, Boris's friend from uh, school, was a huge, huge dinosaur nerd. The fact that he actually, as a kid, walked as a dinosaur. He barely used his uh, heel to walk. He just walked on his fingers. 
really creepy and weird, but he was a huge dinosaur fan. And we were at his house for a birthday party. And, of course, we were going to watch a movie. And because it was his birthday, of course, it was going to be Jurassic Park. So this would have been... God, I probably was second grade or something like that. So I was like eight. Maybe. Nine. I'm not sure. Yeah. So this would actually probably be like 99. So a couple of years after it came out. Be when I actually watched it the first time. Wow. And her uh, and his mom was completely okay with a bunch of eight to ten year olds watching the dinosaur movie. Watching dinosaurs eat people. Uh, oh yeah. Justin. Another fun another less fun fact about that birthday. I ate so much crap and I drank so much crap, I threw up at the end of the night. Oh, that's normal for that age. <laughs> Justin, what do you got? So, I uh, was too young to see it in the movie theater, but uh, probably the year after, or in you know ninety four, ninety five ish, we got it on VHS. Um, I was Boris's friend that was into dinosaurs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I was super into dinosaurs, and you can probably imagine why. Uh, maybe a certain Mighty Morphin Power Rangers show would come to mind. Also, um, was really into space too, but that's different. Um, anyway, so they got Jurassic oh, dude, Park. You must have Transformers when uh, Dinobot showed up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Beast Wars. Um, so, um, yeah, so anyway, so, uh, you know, my mom and my grandparents got me Jurassic Park to watch, and I loved it from the first time I saw it. It's been one of my favorite movies all my life. And yeah, so my first experience was on VHS. I did eventually go see it in the movie theater, though, when it came back in 13 for the 30th anniversary. Me and my buddy went to go watch it in the movies, and it was fantastic on the screen. But yeah, so that's how I came to it. Nice. See, that's one thing I'm kind of envious of you guys back in the U.S., because you get the old the old cinemas to actually play some of the older movies and stuff. Oh, like we have a movie theater. We have a movie theater in our own town that does that, but it's like they usually most of the stuff is just European production. You're never gonna have the experience of like Star Wars is gonna play or you know Jurassic Park is gonna play or any of that like you know or Indiana Jones and, you know or Jaws or anything like that. Well, the the Unless funny thing is European. The funny thing is where you are, you would think that would be more likely because they, you probably get less American releases over there, and you would think places like where you are would want to do that more to get people in the seats. Dude, I'd love to watch like older movies in the movie theater. Yeah. Like, oh, I always try our place. You know, stuff that I always wanted to watch in the movie theater, but it's just like I didn't, either didn't go to the movies or I wasn't born then, you know, stuff like that. Our, the place we go to do, regularly does, like, retro stuff, and if it's something I've never seen in a theater, like, I will definitely make an effort. Yeah. You know, if it's something I'm interested in that I've never seen in a theater, I'll definitely make an effort. Uh, Josh, what do you got? Opening weekend, the theater had just opened, and man, was it packed. Yeah. Um, 
I actually probably did that same thing, so most likely opening weekend or somewhere close. Um, I was about 15 when this came out. Uh, the one thing I... I don't remember anything in particular from the experience of seeing it the first time beyond this was the first and only time, and I've learned my lesson since with this, where I read the book beforehand. Um, and I, I do not do this anymore because I almost always universally, and you know, something like Lord of the Rings doesn't count because I read the book like way, way before the movies came out. But like, I made an effort to read the book because I knew the movie was being made. And then I ab- I loved the book and absolutely hated the movie based on all the changes they made to it. And, and being that age and having no understanding of how movies are made or how adaptations work at the time, like, I'd go back and watch it again a couple of years later, and especially, like, watching it this past time, you know, I watched it last weekend for the purposes of this recording, um... If you know like why those certain choices were made and make and it makes sense, like it's still a really good movie even with the changes that were made to the text. And I don't even really remember what those things were except for one, because it's been probably. I mean, I read the book in like 1992 and I've never gone near it again. Um, but I only really remember one change of significance. Um, but this is definitely something that I really enjoy now and uh you know i'm amazed that considering how old it is that it still holds up pretty well and as far as i know they've never done like you know occasionally you'll get those remastered versions of things where they'll upgrade the effects and stuff as far as i know they've never actually done that for this and i'm not sure it really oh they have oh had they okay (laughs) mandatory now yeah no i remember when i bought it for haley that uh, it's the raptors in the kitchen scene, primarily, and that shit jumped out at me immediately. I turned the movie off and grabbed my old DVD. <laughs> okay, so there are some differences in, in yeah. more modern releases of it? Okay. Yeah, so... What was the change, just visually, or...? It's just, like, really cartoonish CGI, and it's, like, from the height of the uh, 3D resurgence of, like, 2008-2009. So it's yeah. very, very noticeable. Uh, okay. It's like Avengers 1 level CGI. Oh, okay. All right. So um, I guess we can run through the plot real quick. It's real simple. I could probably do this one in like two sentences without getting into, you know, particulars that I guess we can go over. But plot-wise, I mean, basically you start with... Um, you got this old rich guy played by uh, was it David Attenborough? Um, John Hammond, yeah. who, who creates this this island that he views as like a, I mean the Jurassic World, the first Jurassic World really leans into it as a theme park. Was that was that always kind of the vibe we got from it? Like yeah, it was supposed to be a theme park for like ultra rich people. Yeah, and I, kids, I and kids. I, yeah. I, it was, I think the way he envisioned it was supposed to be kind of his legacy, what he leaves to the right. world, yeah. in a I, very I weird like, way. I feel like the current ones, and the first Pratt one in particular, sort of lean into the commercialism of all that way more than this one does. And well, in the original, it's, yeah, behind, just, it's like they're eating the no, ice, no. they're wearing the t-shirts, they're, you know, playing with the lunchboxes. 
it was like a gift shop that never got to open because the park right. never opened. Right. So I think guy, it's like more the signs of the times. I mean, yep. you know, 93 compared to where we were. And when did the movie come out? 16, 17? Oh, when did uh, World come Jurassic out? I think, World. I want to say it was like 16. Yeah. It was after, so I think it's more it sign of the times where we're living in. Like, you know. Wasn't it after oh, Infinity yeah. War? Or I don't remember. Uh, it, was also, it was a Spielberg thing because he wanted you to be immersed in Jurassic Park. So it's like you're in there with the characters and the park itself isn't open. Whereas Jurassic World was, remember Jurassic Park? And it was like walking around like the Disney World of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so this guy, Hammond, who has this, this technique to um, basically take uh fossilized dinosaur blood from like insects that were trapped in amber which you know scientifically I actually looked into this because scientifically I wanted to see how valid this was uh it's not because <laughs> it's not because apparently DNA breaks down way too fast inside an insect body for this to even be viable but I think Crichton when he wrote the book and probably when this movie was being made, they assumed that most people wouldn't even think of that. So, but anyway, they have his idea to take uh, dinosaur blood from fossilized insects and use it to clone dinosaurs. And so he essentially buys this island. Was it off of Costa Rica or somewhere in that area? Yep. Um, yes, it was. And turns it into a big giant dinosaur theme park, but he wants a bunch of uh, legit scientists to like look at it and make sure everything is you know he wants to well he doesn't want to his board wants him to bring in oh, specialists yeah, yeah because a, a worker gets killed by a raptor so then he's being yeah. sued and he has to bring in a panel of expert witnesses oh is that what that thing at the beginning was yeah yep okay i thought shooter was... shooter I thought that was just to illustrate yep. the possibility that the thing could go bad. I forgot that they were, he was basically being sued. <laughs> they went yeah, bad. Why <laughs> the park didn't open. Right. So he goes and gets um, a couple paleontologists played by Sam Neill and uh, Laura Dern and, <sighs> and a chaos mathematician played by Jeff Goldblum, who is awesome in this movie, by the way, um, to go and examine the park and the dinosaurs and whatever. Um, I understand why he had, you know, Grant and Sattler there, but why was a guy like Ian Malcolm there? What was the point of a, of a chaos mathematician? So Malcolm was brought in by the lawyer. Yeah. Hammond brought in Grant and uh, Sattler, but he was the lawyer who brought in uh, Malcolm. Yeah, the lawyer couldn't get, lawyer couldn't get anybody else. Like, as you saw, he went to that other dig in uh south america and he couldn't convince him to go and throughout the whole thing he's kind of talking about how he, he's you know trying to get people to go or whatever so all the lawyer could really dig up was um malcolm right and he's just fringe enough where he'll do it out of curiosity at the very least yeah um so well, malcolm is also like the smartest one and he figures out based on you know it's not just the dinosaur blood and the insect dna there's a whole missing strand, so they cross it with, like, frogs, and the frogs yeah. are hermaphrodites, and that's why the dinosaurs are able to reproduce. Yep, because the, the, whole, 
might uh, be open. Finds a way. Yeah. The whole thing the whole thing was called out that like initially that they couldn't reproduce because all the clone dinosaurs were female. And right. like like you said, Malcolm figures out, oh, but if you use frog DNA then they're hermaphrodites, so this happens. And they were actually at one point while they're while uh Sam Neill character's out in the park he finds like hatched eggs and shit and they claim yep. that all the they claim that all the, the reproduction is occurring in the lab, so um, obviously they are reproducing out in the wild somehow. So the entire movie is basically just, they get to the park, uh, uh, Wayne Knight uh, plays like a technician who is uh, trying, essentially trying to steal some of the cloned embryos for another, for another company so that they can, uh, I guess so they can do their like own. Like the most inhuman thing you can do. I know. Yeah, yeah. He, he's contracted by InGen, the rival company. Right. Yeah. And yes, this was like proto Newman to me. Like um, he played Newman in this movie. Yep. Uh, so he he attempts he does, and he's trying to cover the fact that he goes into the where where their embryos are stored and steals a bunch of them by cutting the power to the park while. Uh, while Grant and Settler and Malcolm are out with a bunch of the other people to examine it, and then everything goes to shit. Goes to hell Wait, you mean him. he didn't? You you mean he didn't go to the vending machines for a snack? <laughs> oh, that's right. That was the cover he tried to use, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, find find it. Go go check the vending machines. Yeah. With uh, Samuel L. Jackson in like one of his first movies. Yep. Hold on to your well, breath. Well, not his first movie. That that probably was uh, you know, at least coming to America. No, yeah. I said one of his first movies. Oh. He had like Bat and Goodfellas, and I think that was it. My bad. Yep. No, I Which mean, that was another one that came back to the theaters this weekend. What, Goodfellas. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They played it. They played it at the showcase cinemas around here on uh, Sunday and Monday because of Ray Liotta and stuff. I have a bunch of. I bought a bunch of mob movies I've never seen. That I'm gonna watch when Corey goes paragliding in September because I've never seen The Godfather, I've never seen Godfather Two, I've never seen Goodfellas, and I've never seen Casino. Oh my God, I'm in for those podcasts. I'm gonna knock those out. Well, I I saw I saw Casino and uh, and Goodfellas, but I actually never watched The Godfather either. Yeah. Oh God, the, man, what are you doing with your life? I have the um. I know you said Godfather Three is not worth it. But I had the one, the newer one, the like director's cut that he went back and actually took stuff out of. Uh, so I'm curious. What's Godfather Three? I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay, all right. So yeah, I mean this whole movie, this whole movie is basically just a you know once the power is cut to the park and the dinosaurs start escaping. I mean it's basically just a big giant like. Uh, adventure slash chase movie to like get the the facilities back up and everything back under control and dinosaurs look phenomenal even for 1993 effects i mean uh, they they still look great oh it, do, it does yeah still they look hold great. up I amazed, like i was amazed watching it on, you know watching it on a you know, i have the streaming version and watching it on like a giant tv i was like oh you know if this has like if the effects have seams and whatever, you might be able to see them on a on a 
TV this size if you're really paying attention, and there was really nothing. Yeah. I mean, and apparently, I read too today that um, that they had originally contracted uh, Phil Tippett to do it all in stop motion, or a lot of the dinosaur stuff in stop motion. Yep. And then, and they thought that looked like crap. I guess what he had not, you know, not because like he did a bad job or anything, but because stop motion didn't achieve what they wanted to. So all that stuff was scrapped, and they went with um, combination of. Uh, CGI and animatronic stuff. Um, it's like ninety-five percent animatronic, practical, and like two percent like CGI. Yep. Anything with a anything with a full body dinosaur, as I understand it, where you see the whole the whole dinosaur at one time is CGI, yeah. and everything else is generally animatronic work. Well, they had um, they had like um, the animatronics. What they did is um, in some of the scenes. They just had the dinosaur head. And so there was like a guy that would like come in and like I think it was more for the scenes like when they're um attacking the explorers and the and the head is going through the ceiling or whatever. Like they would have like yeah. a guy like stand there and like hold it or whatever and bang it into it or whatever. They showed some I've seen some uh behind the scenes photos of it. Yeah, that sounds right. I was actually surprised too, and I wasn't timing this or anything, but um I did read that. Hello, Zul. Um, I did. I did read that there was only actually uh, fifteen minutes of actual dinosaur stuff in this movie. And yep. It's a, and it's a one hundred and twenty-seven minute movie. Um, yep. So that shows you just how expensive that stuff probably was to do at the time. They kept it to my. Uh... Well, it's because the characters are that yeah. good. Which remember that. Yeah. Scene. When you watch the new one, yeah, I, I mean, we'll we'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about Dominion. But like, I enjoy those the first two at least, just as like mindless, like oh hey, they're doing crap with dinosaurs, cool. Um, but none of the none of the characters in those movies approach you know the levels of actual humanity that the the characters in this movie have. Like, well, I what I would say, the originals are phenomenal and they're the best part of that movie but it's just kind of sad after a while yep and i think uh in some ways i wonder if universal is just banking on like hey everybody likes chris pratt from that other thing that we had nothing to do with um so maybe if we put him in this it'll do well and then the first one actually did the first one made a crap yeah but the the first one had like the memberberries Aspect it did, were, like, and I mean, that theater and Force Awakens before Infinity War, so yeah, it was definitely before Infinity War, um, those were the most packed theaters that I can remember since, like, the blockbusters of the 90s, and I remember yeah. I took Haley, and, like, she'd never seen a crowd like that, except for probably Force Awakens, and we went to, like, a 10 a.m. show because she had stayed over in my apartment, she was probably, like, I don't know, eight or nine at the time. And um, I was like, you know, we got to go first thing in the morning. This thing's going to sell out. It's going to be crowded. And we were all the way in the back row. Wow. John, how dare you? How dare you say that it's all Chris Pratt? Do you not know that B.D. Wong is also in these Jurassic World movies? Everybody's going to see him. Peace. Yep. He's he's the only he's the main connection. between. Yeah. Let's revisit him after you guys see Dominion. 
have you seen that already, or are you just going on like did you read the Wikipedia? And, and, and let's not let's not forget Bryce Dallas Howard. I think, you think Josh saw the Oh no, I saw the movie, and and the reviews are out now, so I can say oh. it is as bad as the reviews are saying it is. Well, I also thought I know Brendan went last night, so I thought maybe you talked to him. No, um, no, I watched it. Like uh, two he streamed it. He streamed it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, sailing the seas again, are we? You're damn right. I ain't paying no Jurassic World money. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I hate Jurassic World. I just think that Fallen Kingdom is sad and pathetic. But this one, it's like, you know, it's just not a good movie, which is a shame. I think it could have been. Well, I think the thing with for me with this one is like with Dominion is like they're finally going to, at least in principle, I haven't seen it yet, obviously, but at least in principle, they're going to do the thing that I've always wanted these movies to do, where you actually take the dinosaurs off that stupid island that they just kept going back to in every fucking movie and actually have them out in the world. And to hear that it's not great, where they're finally doing the thing conceptually that I was hoping they would always do is kind of disappointing. Well, that's if they were doing the thing conceptually you always hoped they would do. But we can revisit that after you see it. Right. Well, okay. They also kind of touched on it in um, in uh, the Lost World. They do kind of come into the real world a little bit, right? Well, yeah. There's a dinosaur loose in uh, San Francisco. <laughs> it drinks yep. the pool. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, I w- I remember being really. I was really impressed with Goldblum in this. I mean, I don't. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of the, a fair amount of the stuff he's done, but he just always kind of seems to like play the same thing. I mean, it's just a question of how you know how well it works within the the environment parameters of what, of what he's and, doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, like between this and you know, the only other thing I can come up with for him off the top of my head is the Grandmaster, like. And I guess the guy in Independence Day, like other than yep. you know, the guy in Independence Day is like a less qualified scientist than Malcolm, but essentially they're the same guy, you know. So I think he was trying to play the more grounded version of what he played in The Fly. And one thing that I forgot, because, you know, I mean, I, obviously I watched it a lot as a kid. And then there was just time that went by it and watch it over and over again and then i think sarah and i like watched it right away when we first got together watching everything he's barely in the movie and his performance oh, is so fucking magnetic that like you don't realize that but after yeah, he, he the hit from the t-rex like he's yep. literally just lying there for like 45 minutes yeah i did notice yep. this time around as you say that that he's actually not in it all that much and it is just a question of how how good he is in the short time he's given that uh, I mean, hell, even Fallen Kingdom, which is not, I mean, I guess my thing with Dominion is it just has to be better than Fallen Kingdom to be, you know, because my my whole thing with these franchises with new entries is like, as long as it's better than whatever the worst one is, I'm generally okay with it. Um, but even like the was it it's a, better than Fallen Kingdom? No. Yeah. Was it a Senate hearing scene he was in in, in Fallen Yeah, Kingdom? yeah, it was like basically like, in. Like, I think it was in the credit scene, right? Know. Full credit scene well, or whatever. No, there were a couple scenes throughout the movie where he was in like a Senate hearing or something. About, yeah. Uh, yeah. Keeping my cat away from the computer. Um, 
And even though those were like the best scenes in Fallen Kingdom because he's e- even that good doing that, where like it's better than what the other crap that movie was trying to do. Yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, when you look at when you look at Jurassic Park too, and I mean, he's you know, Goldblum is obviously that one. It's yep. like compared to the three, like three suck in most yeah. aspects. Like, but even like the only good parts of three for me were like. Whatever Sam Neill was doing, I was like totally like hooked in on that. So yeah. it's like bringing those guys in to the minions, like it's supposed to have sort of a good effect. But I don't know, man. I'm still like yeah. I'm keeping my mind open going into it. It's like, but, but yeah, as long as it's better than Fallen Kingdom, I'll be okay with it. Also, I admire, um, I admire your ability to do that. By the way, you stay it's, away. From it's better the than Fallen Kingdom. Um, just expect the first hour to be just a complete fucking meandering nothing. After that, it's it gets enjoyable. Oh, cool. Okay. Go ahead, Justin. Oh no, I was just gonna say, um, kind of. It's kind of a a thing on both of them. So when uh, Laura Dern was doing um some media for um and some press for this one, um, they asked her if it was weird at all that they had the um, uh, 20-year difference in uh, her and Sam Neill, and I was like, wow, I didn't realize that there was 20 years between them, because when you watch this, it looks like maybe 10. Like, doesn't really look like there's that much of a difference between them, and so I just thought that was a little odd. But Yeah, <laughs> I, did, I did notice a bunch of people calling that out, that it was... You know, because it's sort of a movie sort of implies that they're fucking, and it mm. was a bit. Oh, like, no, they are. Uh, well, yeah, obviously, because they well, keep talking I mean, the about thing is, kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I think when you look at it, the older you get, like the difference between twenty and thirty-five, it's like who is difference. When you get up to the like sixties, it's like it's sixty and forty-five. It's like yeah, it's okay. It's like older you get, I think, like the last. Uh, Actually, there is a matter. difference between twenty and thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, no. There's well, yeah, point. but I'm I'm just telling, like, you know, the same gap of fifteen years is I think, less I think relevant when you're sixty than when you are thirty. I think yeah. basically, I think basically, what he's trying to argue is that when you get to be like my age, and I'm almost forty-five, that only going backwards is like exceedingly creepy. Um. Yeah. In certain ranges. Like when uh, you're dating somebody, like when you're 16, you're dating a 20 year old, then, you know, she's obviously in it for the money, but it's like, it's creepy as hell. Yeah. Or she's like 45 and you're 60, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, this, if I remember correctly, this was the first thing I'd ever seen. You know, and I, I don't remember how much he had actually done in America by 1993, but. This was like the first thing I'd ever seen Sam Neill in. I don't think I'd ever seen Laura Dern before this. I'm pretty sure I'd never seen Goldblum before this because I don't think I'd seen The Fly at this point. Um, so I was just really impressed by the, you know, a lot of good acting here. Even the two child actors are not awful i think spielberg has like a special skill with child actors where he's actually i think it's also because they're older and they had a lot of stuff to do yeah i mean that's the only thing that doesn't hold up 
is if you go back and watch it now, they have no idea what the internet is. And Lex is like proto Felicity. And she's literally just sitting there like clacking keys, looking in the camera, like I'm hacking, I'm hacking. Yeah. It's a Linux system. So uh, yeah. Okay. I did. So at this that... point, at this point, Sam Neill would have done a uh, for the Red October already. Oh, that's right. He he was uh, uh, Connery's first officer. Oh, the re- yeah. Oh, he yeah. definitely he did Possession. He did Omen too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was the the hacking bit was funny, Josh. I remember. Uh, I I think I watched this last Saturday for the purposes of this show. Um, when that scene came along, I turned the corner and I went, oh, what they thought hacking was back in 1993. How cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, the computers were so slow when you look at that screen in the movie. I'm like, dude, it's oh, so slow. <laughs> and she's like, she's like trying to power through shit before the raptor gets the door open and it's crawling. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Just, so I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna give you guys a, a motif to go off of. Um, everybody knows that, like, I hate everything. I love this movie so much that this is one of the ones that I will say is a perfect movie. I go so far as to recommend this as the movie to show people to teach them about how to shoot a movie, how to write a movie. I mean, it's just a flawless script. Everything is set up and payoff. And, like, the establishing shot with the helicopter alone, and then, you know, the music builds, and... He looks out. He doesn't see anything. Or, I'm sorry, Ellie, Ellie doesn't see anything. And then, like, Sam Neill just grabs her head. We see, you know, from the outside perspective. Yeah, yeah, Turns yeah. her head to the dinosaurs. And then that's when we see it. Well, she's, she's probably the plan. Best shot ever. Yeah, I'd be... I think it's better I'd than be, anything we did in Raiders. Yep. I'd be hard-pressed to disagree with that argument. Because it is a... It is a you know, and I... I I'm not enough of a, a filmmaking snob to necessarily get into that, like, the whole perfect movie from a scriptwriting standpoint, but it seems pretty damn close if it's not. I mean, every single character, every plot point has a setup, has a payoff, has an arc. You know, like, Grant enters the movie obsessed with raptors but afraid of them, also trying to prove that they were bird-like, and when he gets there, you know, he's all in until he finds out they have raptors, then all he wants to do is get the hell out and he uses the knowledge that he gave everybody in the first scene to basically keep them alive while also doing everything with the T-Rex. Like when we were little kids, everybody was like, you know, hyped on the T-Rex from the trailers. Every single kid who walked out of that movie theater was scared shitless of Velociraptors. Oh yeah. Exactly. Oh, ever yeah. Since. <laughs> well, I, 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 my, uh, my my stepmom wouldn't let me show Jurassic Park to my siblings when they were younger because she considered it a horror movie, and I'm like, yeah, not so much. But I mean, it's technically action adventure. It's technically sci-fi, but there are a lot of people who, you know, are pretty much normies that are like, oh, it's a horror movie, and mm-hmm. I just roll my eyes. But I mean, it does have a lot of horror motif in it. Yeah, I think it's just because it scared the shit out of her, and so she didn't want to like scare the shit out of the kids but it's like it's not that scary yeah i mean it, i could i see was watching it, having, it at four or five years old i could see it having some jump moments if you're young enough you know and mm. some of the dinosaurs I mean, the, the t-rex in the rain with the jeep chase like that scared the shit out of Haley the first time i showed it to her yeah and you said she was what like eight 
No, no, that that was what I got it for. When she first saw the movie, she was like four or five. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, I wouldn't call it a horror movie, but I do think there are some elements of it that if you're of a certain age could probably come off that way. Um, yeah. Do we... I know that, um, you know, Crichton wrote this book as like a a caution from everything I've read, sort of a cautionary tale about, you know, uh, humanity letting science get ahead of itself too much. Um, <clears throat> you know, which Malcolm even says, like, did you even stop to consider that just because you can do something means you necessarily should have? Um, I actually think this is a pretty effective way to show that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that was Crichton's whole thing. Like, he did Westworld, he did Future World, he did Andromeda Strain. Like, everything was about over-reliance on consumerism and science and basically just, you know, losing the plot and humanity wiping itself out. Mm-hmm. I thought, and I thought, and just going on that scene that you mentioned about uh, with Malcolm, I thought that was, like, a great scene, you know, not only because of a dinosaur video, but also because... Um, you know that whole his whole dialogue right there was like very much the crux of the movie, and it was just like yep. uh, Globloom just like delivered it so great. And then you know, obviously, everybody remembers life uh, finds a way, but yeah. everything yeah. else he's Why saying in there is just terrific dialogue. Mm-hmm. Well, it's no, like he... again setting up and payoff. He's in the movie so little, but like the moment mm-hmm. he enters, he's not only just being Goldblum and hitting on Ellie he's demonstrating chaos for her and he shows her like even, you know, the drop of water could go in theoretically two different, you know, directions. And that like, you know, the helicopter, the lights or the landing gear doesn't work for a second. And he's like, see chaos. It's like, everything is unpredictable, but because it's so unpredictable, you can predict it. Right. Cause well, he's always looking for an ex, uh, a future ex Malcolm, uh, Mrs. Malcolm. Yep. And- yeah. You yeah. almost said Mrs. Malcolm X. Yeah, yeah I, know. <laughs> I did. So. All right, I'm gonna pop out. I will be right back. Just keep going. Okay, we'll we'll cover. All right. Um. Yeah, I mean the one the one change. I don't know if anybody other than me read the book, and I know the book is nope. pretty old at this point. The one. No, I wanted to read it. It was like it's on my. Kind of huge TBR pile because there's yep. way too many the, uh, books that I want to read and way too little time. The one, the one major change I remember from the book, and I'm kind of surprised they didn't do this in the movie, given that you know, most TV and movies have that whole thing of like the the person who causes the bad thing, you know, even if they like regret it later, sometimes have to die as like penance for that and in the book Hammond gets eaten and uh, in the movie he does not and I'm kind of wondering why they didn't do that. Well here's the thing I think they made it I don't know whether that's the original idea or what the thought behind it is but he's like even though he's a lovable character like even rewatching the movie when you look at him as a character like he's trying to kind of sort of leave the legacy behind Mostly yeah. for his grandkids. There's, yep. like, there's no menace in what he's doing. So I don't know how much no. that differs from the well, book. No, but a lot, a lot of times, it, it, it's not like a menace thing. And it's not, 
to me, that doesn't always imply that the person's intentions are evil, but at the same time, like, he's constantly being shown, like, and maybe, and this is, you know, maybe this is a level of nuance that they decided to give this character that I I guess I kind of noticed it. I, I, like I said, I read the book so long ago, I don't remember what the approach in the book was necessarily, but it just kind of seems like, it just kind of struck me as, like, so obsessed with the legacy part of it that he's kind of blinded to how fucked up it all is. Like, as there, yeah. as there are literally people being eaten and his grandkids are out in the middle of nowhere with this fucking scientist guy trying not to get eaten. He's still just like sitting there going like, oh yeah, we can salvage this. Really we can. Yeah, no, really. Like, I get, like, I get he probably had like a, a shitload of money and his entire reputation based on it. And I know at the end, he's kind of like, you know, at the end when Frank, he's like, Mr. Hammond, there's no way I'm sanctioning this. And he's like, well, neither am I. So I just kind of expected, like, you get more, you get more, like, and I know he has that, that dialogue scene with Dern at one point towards the end where he clearly starts to have a change of opinion. But I kind of thought you have more overt where he was like, what the fuck did I do? No, I don't know why they played the way they did, but I don't know. It, it worked for the character. And this is like, it's yeah. one of those things that they always change when compare books to the movies, which is why the yeah. books are always better and why in certain areas you don't want to, as you mentioned before, you don't really want to read the book before watching some stuff. Just because yeah, you might I, never, I, never, I never do that now because it... it like I, I try to avoid, really try to avoid, as a book reader, I try to avoid uh, reading books on particular subject if there's a movie coming out. Or, yeah. Unless there's like will, really, you know. I will usually wait until after I've seen the movie to read a book at this point. Um, yeah. But, uh, and, and you... Uh, Oh, Justin, you seem like you were going to say something, so I held off. Um, oh, uh, no, I mean, I, I was just going to say that, yeah, I never I never really read the book. I kind of had, like, a, almost like an inclination to read it, but, um, you know, me with books. I can't get through a book in, like, a yeah. year, so. Yeah, um, I mean. But I, uh, I like that they didn't kill Hammond, because um, it kind of lets him kind of live with the fact of what he did. Yeah, you know, they kind of they kind of tried to capitalize on it in the second one, but it just doesn't it just doesn't work. But um, but I like how like he finally comes to realize after you know because like you you got him in that control room and yeah. um you know the guy says um you know let's do the the lysine um uh protocol and they're like what's that and that means that they kill all the dinosaurs because it's some kind of uh, enzyme that there's they could just kind of give them. Yeah. Yeah. There, there and, bodies, and he's like, he's like, no. Make a certain enzyme, and if you trigger something, it'll the lack of it will kill them. Yeah, and so, but then he's like, but then he's like, no, it's like, this is no time for that. And then, and then they say something about people, and they're like, and then he goes, 
well, people are dying. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're saying people are dying, but yet you're not going to kill the dinosaurs that are killing the, that are going to be killing the people. It's like, yeah. what are we doing here? You know? And so he's like kind of mad at that point because nobody likes his park. Nobody thinks he should be having his park. You know what I mean? And so at this point, you know, not only does he realize that he put his grandchildren in danger, but his entire, you know, investment is in danger and then right. finally towards the end he comes to the realization that you know he shouldn't have uh, uh, done the park or at least you know maybe had done it differently or whatever he has regret which i like that they showed because if he ended up getting eaten then it's just kind of like oh he got eaten like haha you know but it's yeah. like i don't know i also think milos has a point that you don't you know too and i think too this is where some of the later ones, like particularly the Pratt ones, kind of fail in that you don't need... I mean, th there's an avenue to do this where you make this guy, like, evil business guy, right? And he's mm -hmm. much, much more clearly, like, I don't care if people die. I just have, you know, I have money into this and this has to be franchised and whatever else. Like, I feel like the current ones do that way more. Like, there's the... I'm pretty sure the first Pratt one has the, like shitbag military guy who wants to like take all the dinosaurs for military shit and like yep. Yep. there's a little more i guess there's a little more subtlety in the idea of like he does he does realize like the enor i think basically what i what i found myself thinking as i was watching it was like he doesn't need to be the evil mustache twirling business guy because the enormity of this situation he's put these people in is enough like you don't need that well, the the thing with the new ones is that it's more of an attack on um like capitalism almost because you see them with like their shirts and you know they actually made the park and stuff like that and everybody's there and it's like a Disney World with dinosaurs and you know everything like that and so it's almost like they're like look see you know look how bad zoos are look how bad whatever are I'm look how bad Sea World is you know what I mean and so. It's almost like it's an attack on consumerism, uh, capitalism, and, you know, um, basically, like, how zoos, circuses, so on and so forth, you know, treat animals and stuff like that, animal rights and kind of stuff like that. That's what these new ones are all kind of based on, where the first one is more of a philosophical question, like, you know, should you clone? Should you um dna splice should you think you're god you know what i mean and that's you know that's where what you mentioned where the, well, even, the gist even, of the movies that that uh goldblum's uh, monologue like mm. he really that that part really sums up the movie yeah yeah i think the biggest biggest difference between the park and the world besides the times in which they were made is like you can look at the ways that it was made you can see what's focal point of each movie and like you said like yes it's mostly because of the cost or whatever but it's like in the original in the park you had like dinosaurs on screen for like 15 minutes and really it was the cast that carries the movie while the world really wants to focus more on the dinosaurs themselves than the actual people, as in, like, just the viewpoint of how they're making the movies vastly different. 
I think that's yeah. like one of the ma major differences between the park and the world. Like in Spark, yes, you have the dinosaurs, but it's like really carried by the cast. Where in the world, it's the cast that are kind of the B-slot of the movie. Yep, and I think you're right, Justin, that the original movie is way more like slanted towards like the the sci-fi ethical questions of it, where some of the stuff about commercialism does come into it to a degree, but because there's like shots of the unopened gift shop and whatever with all the t-shirts and crap. And then at one point, I, I think if I'm remembering this, this correctly, at one point, one of Hammond's business people is like, oh yeah, we can, you know, once we open this up, we can charge people like three million a day to come here for the weekend or whatever. Yep. And Hammond yeah, is like, was a lawyer. And Hammond's response to that is like, "Oh no, we want everybody. Everybody should be able to see this. This has this has scientific value for the world, you know." Whereas I think you're right that and the goes, and then he goes, "Well, then we'll have coupon day," yep. you know, as like a sarcastic remark or whatever. Yep. Where the newer ones are much more, you're right, an attack on like the the capitalist nature of it all, and like even you know, even like the first Pratt one has you know the stuff about like. You know, I think when Pratt first goes there, he has a conversation with the Bryce Dallas Howard person, and he's like, "You're, you're splicing different kinds of dinosaurs together for what reason?" And she's like, "Because regular dinosaurs are boring to people now, so we have to do like special shit." It's like that. Yeah, which with with world, I mean, that's the problem is that they. That that was the good part of it is that they showed like the fact that like people are getting bored with like movies like Jurassic Park. You have to up the ante, you know what I mean? And you that's yeah. that's also one of the yeah, it has to be bigger. Yeah, and that's one of the downfalls of Jurassic World too is that you know they focus too much on the CGI, they focus too much on the on the danger, they focus too much on that, and not enough on the characters and the plot and the people. You know, which was the heart and soul of that original movie, and so exactly. unfortunately, it had like one step, you know, forward, one step back, and it just never got its right footing, you know, with that one. But you know, but that's yeah. one of the things is that like, and they kind of, you know, with that line in that movie, you know, that's kind of what they do is like, well, people want bigger and better, you know, because now it's too boring. You know, people won't sit there and watch Jurassic Park. You know, as you watch dinosaurs walk across a field, they want like a meteor to come and kill the dinosaurs, and then and then you got them in their jeeps and they're racing away from the meteor as they're coming down and attacking them. You know, that's what people want. You know, that's why you have Infinity War and Endgame and shit like that. It's like you can't just have you know, which is why I was surprised that Top Gun Maverick did so well because it channels back to these. Um, which I think I, I, I mentioned Jurassic Park on that one as one of those, uh, blockbuster movies that, you know, this is like an old school blockbuster movie that you sit there with your popcorn and, you know, it's not a lot of CGI, not a lot of craziness. And, you know, you just, you know, relax and, you know, enjoy the movie, you know, yeah, which I, was kind of lacking back at the right time for that rant. <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh yeah. He didn't get, he didn't get really like angry. you knew. He didn't get really angry though. This is not one of the Picard level rants. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's because he loved Maverick probably as much as I did. Well, no, 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 not. I'm not. It's not. I'm not saying it because I like. 
just that. I know, I know, no, I, yeah. I know, I know, I get it. No, I agree with you. People nowadays they want they expect spectacle. I mean, we see that in everything. You know, that's why modern Trek, everybody had an issue with it. It was all like action space battles, which Star Trek isn't supposed to be. Which is which is on the other hand, what we like about Star Trek now, you're seeing on the small screen with Strange New World that has that mix of, you know, the the action parts to it, because obviously you need some kind of action, but it also gives you those philosophical questions that were in TOS and TNG and DSI and stuff like that and Voyager, but it's like you know, and and that's what it seems like they're trying to in some cases harken back to what people liked about all this stuff, but the problem is is that they end up leaning too much on the spectacle once they run out of, of plot ideas or if the characters aren't gelling, then it's like, well, you know what? then maybe, you know, we should have so-and-so go back in time and shoot somebody in the head. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's like, it's like with the movie. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and so it's just, it's just nonsense. But anyway, that's something that we also keep bringing up when we do our Marvel reviews. Like, you have to scale back because at one point, uh, it's not just like, you have to scale it back in a way where it's like, Kokai works almost best out of all the newer Marvel TV shows just because like he was simple. He was focused yep. on the characters. He had just enough plot to keep you interested. And he didn't go big. He didn't like blow half the New York up or anything like that. It was simple. Take, it was uh, plot and character driven. It's like you want to see more of that. I take shameless plugs by Justin for our other pod for 400, Alex. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what, Justin, you mentioned the spectacle thing, though, and I do agree with you. Like, I noticed, um, and, you know, I've seen this since, you know, the, the world movies started coming out. I've seen this one, the original one, maybe two or three times in the last few years, uh, just mm-hmm. as, as a comparison. And, um... I found myself watching it this time around, and it's not super long. Like, it's two hours, five minutes, or something like that, which, you know, right now, with the way a lot of these types of movies are made, that would be considered short. Like, that's the same length that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was, and I thought that was too short. But, you know, because of how they they paced these things differently back then... And like there, there's not this like, like I think I've even seen it, whether they've actually admitted this or not, or whether it's just enough examination of the way their movies are structured. Like the Marvel movie, you can't the Marvel movies, for example, you can't go more than like a half an hour without some giant fucking action sequence, or because I think they're concerned that people will get bored and like the the character work, which could be an interesting component of those movies, I think they're assuming isn't enough for their audience to, that you have to throw something like that in every half an hour. But but this, I mean, you know, considering that we were talking about earlier that there's only like 15 minutes of actual dinosaur shit in here. I mean, this clearly doesn't subscribe to that idea and a lot of, and where I think the new ones probably do. And as a result, I think the the character, whatever character building there is in the new ones suffers because, like, really, the Pratt character is the only one I even give a shit about in those movies, and even that's probably more because I like him from other shit than that these yeah. are that 
they're that good. Like, I'm just like, oh, it's like Star-Lord, even, you know, and this is, I admit, you know, we, we rag on we the, the, like, overly, the, like, overly positive normies that we regularly refer to as the Joeys, you know. I will admit that at times, you know, I have tendencies of that, of like, oh, it's Pratt, so I get to see him do the Star-Lord thing with dinosaurs. Yay. You know, and like on a certain level, that's that's satisfying. But he doesn't really do that in these. But he's also the only only character in these newer movies that I even give a shit about. But probably well, more because of the other stuff he's done than anything he does here. Well, talking about Pratt, um, you know the movie that you're kind of mentioning, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, that's probably the reason why, um, you know, they wanted him because. Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, is probably the only, like, modern blockbuster that can kind of do, not necessarily do what Jurassic Park does and all these other ones, like Independence Day and stuff like that, but there's enough quiet moments where you develop these characters and you get people to like these characters, even even a character that says three words in the entire movie, you know what I mean? And, and there's so much yeah. heart and soul in that movie where it's like, you know, that's the movie that you should, if you're doing a modern blockbuster, that you should be taking notes from, because obviously the people who made that were fans of these type of movies, like Jurassic Park, Independent Day. You know, all yeah. these movies... Well, and I also think that, you know, well, I mean, in some cases, they're fans. In other cases, it's that, you know, anti-fan bullshit, where they haven't even seen the originals, they just know that they're supposed to emulate them to sell tickets. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah, but I'm going to blow your mind here because to what you just said, you're absolutely right about the pacing. And, you know, whereas modern movies, you need X, Y, and Z bits of spectacle. I would argue this movie has some of the most recognizable bits of spectacle. They've not only been endlessly ripped off in their own later sequels of the franchise, but they've found their way into, you know, tons of parodies. Um, but they were the Raptors are in uh, Dead Space 2. They made them just because they wanted raptor zombies. Um, and even South Park did the uh, the hospital with the underground, uh, you know, turn the power back on thing. And they had raptors there. Um, so oh, I, will, I will attribute right. this one to Lance because he blew my mind when he told me this. He walked <laughs> out of the movie and think about Fallen Kingdom because everybody's like, oh, it turns into a haunted house movie. It kind of does. Sure. Um he said that the original Jurassic Park has the structure of a funhouse. And as you're walking around the funhouse, like every 15 minutes, you know, something will pop out. You have the T-Rex breaking out of the pen, throwing the goat. You have the chase scene with the Jeep. If the T-Rex in the Jeep, when he's like smashing the glass down, they fall off the cliff. Um, you have the, the raptors in the hallway. And he's like, if you think about it, like you're walking through a funhouse, it's like, you know, there's rooms with downtime and there's people just talking to each other. Um, and then there's rooms where there's, you know, like shit popping out. Um, for the younger viewers at home, a fun house is basically an escape room, but you're in a car most of the time instead of just walking around having to solve clues and shit. Shout out to your, to your late father. We, we missed the jokes and the, everything else. Nice that you can still bring it up sometimes. Always made me laugh. <laughs> So uh, also he's, having he's uh, exactly, and he's exactly right. By the way, everything you said in that is true. 
Also, I wish we had cell phones and stuff like that because I would have loved to have you have a video of Lance's reaction coming out of Jurassic Park, the first one. <laughs> he, you know, he was... People think I hate movies. I mean, that man hated pretty much every movie ever uh, and had <laughs> hilarious reasoning, but he liked Jurassic Park. He oh, just... He, he thought that... Um, he, he thought the whole science end of it was too stupid for him, you know? And he really didn't know shit about science for the most part, but he liked to think that he did. And he was just go on and on about how, oh, the DNA thing is bullshit. And I'm like seven years old, like, yay, dinosaurs. And he's like, well, you know, you can't really use frog DNA for that. That wouldn't work. <laughs> but uh, one, one last land story having to do with dinosaurs, because he loved the Natural History Museum. You know, in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a huge resurgence of just dinosaurs popularity for little kids. And it did lead to things like, you know, Power Rangers and, well, Jurassic Park. Um, so the Natural History Museum in New York, and I'm sure all the other ones did it, too. But that's, you know, the famous one I know, uh, capitalized on it. They put in a huge, huge dinosaur exhibit. All the dinosaurs look like the ones in Jurassic Park. They're big fucking lizards. Well, in the mid to late 90s, they started their revisionist wokey bullshit where apparently all the dinosaurs had feathers and fur. So they like retooled the exhibit and we took Haley in like 2000, I don't know, five or six. And um, I just remember my dad walking in, seeing dinosaurs covered in feathers and being like, what is this shit? I didn't come here to see birds. <laughs> dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> and and Lance had no filter when he was like out in public. He's just fucking yelling. No, no care for his surroundings. He's in the middle of a museum with like you know oh, little God. kids everywhere. So what is this shit? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and he wasn't like any kind of like you know kind of blue collar trailer trash guy. Like he was you know a glasses wearing nerd who was like white collar and he looked like all sophisticated. He just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. I wish we had been doing this when he was still alive. I would have loved to have gotten him on some of these. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else we want to... Uh, is there anything else we want to hit here? Um, Sorry, John. I think we derailed the plot the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, well, we can a, harp on Jurassic World. Knows. It's like a thirty-year-old movie. Like, yeah, everyone knows. People the plot. should know the plot by now. So, all right, I'll, I'll tell I, you guys my most hated moment of Jurassic World, the first one, not not the new one. Um, and I genuinely hate the shit out of the first Jurassic World. Um, the my second favorite shot in the movie of the original is when the T-Rex fights the raptors in the middle of the lobby at the end and the big banner that says, when dinosaurs ruled the earth falls as it roars. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, everybody's on their feet clapping and they're like rooting for this fucking T-Rex, which has been trying to kill the characters for the whole movie. In Jurassic World, those two fucking kids, I don't even know the name of because their characters suck that much, literally stomp the banner into the dirt. And then they like look down at it and they're like, this is some old shit. Remember Jeeps? Remember this movie? <laughs> and that was when I just, I turned to Haley and I was like, okay, you can stay for the rest of this movie. I have to leave. And I walked out. Well, at that point, I think you might have only missed like the last half an hour. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I end up walking back in on that one. But I was, I was like, nope, I'm done. 
so so one of my one of my uh favorite scenes in this movie is when the hunter guy is trying to get the raptor and then all of a sudden the other raptor comes up next to him and he just looks sideways and he's like clever girl and then he turns and he goes shoot him well there's uh there's a chick that lives um kind of a little while away from me um probably like five to ten miles um and uh she has a white jeep that has like pink accents and on the side of it it's the jurassic park logo it's a raptor and then instead of jurassic park across it it's clever girl <laughs> i just laugh every time every time i see her driving by i just laugh we actually have in town somebody has a custom jurassic park jeep and yep. they're like live right by us so we see it all the time um so to the dead space 2 thing i was saying that's actually the achievement or the trophy it's called clever girl they literally <laughs> just stole velociraptors and then like, we're like oh they're monster alien zombies don't think about it because they wanted <laughs> to do that and have that achievement and like they move the same way they have the same body type the same claws they square off as a pack and like triangulate to attack you and like you get to kill them with these detonator mines and they basically run through the lasers and then just blow apart it's fucking great yeah we have somebody around here that has the um th i mean there's like jeep clubs that have like the original jeeps and actually my old wrangler my dad was like should make it like that I'm like nah you know whatever and um uh, but there's actually a guy that has a Ford Explorer, ID like two ninety three Ford Explorer that looks just like, like the ones that they're in uh, to do the tour. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was I'm impressed still with how well this holds up. Like we've done, you know, especially at the beginning of when we first started doing this, there were no new releases to do really. Uh, with the exception of, like, isolated streaming shit. Um, and I, you know, I found myself doing a lot of those, even for movies that I like, being able to notice the flaws a lot more because they're older and, you know, maybe they're written differently or whatever. This is one of those that just holds up no matter what, you know. I mean, I guess if there were small things, maybe, but I didn't, I didn't see anything. I was just impressed by like the degree to which you know you could show this to somebody now, and maybe like a little kid would go like, "Oh, those effects suck," but like anybody with a clue about filmmaking would be like, "Oh, this is still pretty good." Okay. I I think the practical effects, little kids like will still believe them because they do still hold up to a scary degree. Um, yeah. So real quick, I don't know if you guys covered it. Did you know that? pretty much all the rain in the movie is real. When they were filming, they got caught in a hurricane and all that is real. And they basically had to write that into the plot. And that's what takes out Newman because they needed a reason for, you know, the power was out, plus nobody could get across the Island because of the storm. And they lost something like 20 days of shooting. And then they just said, fuck it. We're going to shoot in the middle of the hurricane. Oh, wow. <laughs> Especially with, like, all that animatronic shit. I mean, that's... Yeah, that um, so I know that. we've mentioned it before. It's one of the few Netflix things I will recommend. Um, it's the movies that made us. Check out the one on Jurassic Park, because they go into, like, major detail and all that shit. Hmm. I will have to do that. I might actually do that this weekend, now that you mentioned that. Huh. That's... 
Yes, I, d- I think I did kind of quickly uh, glance over some stuff that they mentioned a hurricane, but I I just assumed that meant they like delayed shooting for X amount. I want to say it was Andrew, which was a really major one from at least my childhood. I think this movie was shot in Hawaii. So I don't know. Yeah. That would have been Hawaii the Hawaii where they did most of the on-site yeah. shooting stuff. Why? I'll, I'll have to go back and look that up again. Um, but I did see something about a hurricane. Uh, do we actually believe, by the way, going back to Dominion for a second, that this will be the last one or just the last one until somebody decides to reboot it 10 years from now? The last one until somebody decides to reboot it. How much money Dominion makes? Um, if it does, you know, a good opening weekend, they'll make another one. If it just completely bombs, I think that's it for at least another 10 years. Yeah. I don't think Fallen Kingdom did all that well, comparatively. Um, I don't remember Fallen Kingdom doing well. I only remember seeing, like, really light marketing for it. I mean, you know, the original Jurassic World was riding on, like, Force Awakens hype. And like I said, they they packed that theater and they made a fuck ton of money. Um, but then they like yeah. got rid of uh, Alan Trevorrow like immediately, which I was okay with because I think he's a shitty director. And um, Fallen Kingdom had somebody else I don't remember who, and it was just so stupid because it was like they sold the movie as the movie takes place on the island with the volcano, and that's only like the first thirty five minutes of the movie, and then the rest of it is in like a, a mansion. Yeah, and Trevorrow uh, was really weird. Like you know, try to do a Dino Crisis without Regina. So, what were the numbers you guys were asking about for box office for Fallen Kingdom? Fallen Kingdom, oh, how much did uh, it pull up? Uh, hold on, I I looked up the first Jurassic World. Hold on a sec. First Jurassic uh, World made like a billion. Well, first, yeah, billion point six. Like he really Trevorrow made it. Told- Kind of money. Well, it was coming back for Dominion, right? Yeah, it was. It was like uh, it was like 1.6 or something like that billion. Um, for uh, actually, Fallen Kingdom didn't do so bad. It's 1.3. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, that yeah. I remember it. I remember it did pretty good. But you know, the problem is that a lot of these things, it's just like, you know, uh, that just happens a lot. You know, where it's like, you know, it's like shit movies, but. They uh they gross a lot of money, but um actually, if you want to break it down by markets, uh domestically it only made um a little over four hundred um four hundred million. So I mean, if that puts so it in perspective, almost a nine, almost a billion came from uh international nine hundred million internationally. Holy shit! Almost yeah, eight hundred and ninety-two million. Yeah. So yep, they're, they're banking on the originals, like bringing people into the seats. So you know, one one interesting thing I've noticed about the the marketing for Dominion, right? Because I have been paying attention to that for the last few weeks. None of the ads, and I'm just talking about the ads. I don't remember like the trailers or whatever, because it's been a couple weeks since I've been to a movie theater. Um, none of the ads actually use the title; they just throw the the logo up. And they, no one at no point does it ever say Jurassic World Dominion. They just throw up the logo in every single ad. Yeah, no, they're yeah. banking on the Jurassic World logo. Nothing is saying Dominion. Um, and the trailers, I mean, we'll talk about it after, but like these trailers should win an award. Oh, because they're very 
they they are as deceptive as uh, the original Gremlins trailer and Jason Goes to Hell. Or anything put up by Marvel trailer-wise in the last few years. (laughs) So Marvel, like, literally will just fucking delete things that are actually in the movie or add things that aren't in the movie. That's just outright lying. The other trailers I mentioned, including Dominion, all of the shots are in the movie, but the context that they're presented in in the trailer (laughs) is almost at the level of being an outright lie. Wow. Especially with Dominion, with the audio that's accompanying the, the shots, which, I mean, they do that with everything, but this is, like I said, it should win an award. Someone watched the movie, was like, I can't do this, and then cut a Jurassic Park trailer, and it's a good trailer. Hmm. Well, yeah. well, there's a reason. There's a reason why they're focusing on international markets because China, China, um, had a lifetime gross of it of uh, two hundred and sixty-one million dollars and change, and then the next closest looks to be Japan with seventy-two million. Now, so, look up if Dominion is getting a China release because I think it's not. Although I could be confusing it with uh, Maverick. Well, they've probably China's also been getting a lot tighter about what they'll take from here. Yeah, that it's not. Let me see if I can find that too. Uh... Walking with clogs back there. Uh, uh, Jurassic World Dominion China release date set. Um, uh, June tenth. Okay, yeah. so if it, if it's coming out everywhere June tenth, it's going to have a monster opening weekend, and it's going to make probably what the first one made. So. I think Enough it's going to have to second week drop off, but it won't matter. Yeah. Well, be interesting. They'll probably look at the money and say, okay, we can make another one. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see what they do. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in China because I think China, um, you know, went back to a lot of lockdowns and stuff. That's so true. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what's opening because I'm reading a deadline article right now. Um, and it said that, um, you know, Shanghai and Beijing had been hit hard with COVID spikes. And, um, so they've been under lockdown for the last six weeks, but they're supposed to return to normal June 1st. I don't know if they did or not. Um, and then as of the writing of this article, I think in May, um, there was only 37% of cinemas that were closed. So I don't know how bad that's going to. Yeah, this was as of May seventeenth. So I don't know if uh, you know they're done with their lockdowns because I know I had seen some videos of you know some pretty weird stuff going on over there. Not to get too political, but anyway. Um, right. But yeah, they. Uh, yeah, so I don't even know how well it's going to do over there just because of you know them still dealing with COVID. I guess you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, that could be like one province and they have like, you know, over a billion people. Yeah, that's true. All right. So um, I think we hit just about everything here. Uh, does anybody have any final thoughts? Uh, I think we about covered it. Yeah, yeah. This is, 
This is one of the greatest films ever made. I think it's in the conversation. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is also good. that is also a fantastic movie. I, I make a soft <laughs> prediction that next week when we start Dominion, Justin will say, This is one of the films ever made. <laughs> I think I think we're gonna push Dominion back a week because uh Milo, shouldn't you say yeah. you couldn't see it okay. till the fifteenth? Um, All right, well, yeah, I can see then it we'll have uh, two weeks worth of box office that we can talk yep. about, yep. and we'll see if there was a huge I mean, drop. 15, Fifteen is like Wednesday, so I could definitely see it by Wednesday, Thursday, and we can do it on Thursday. Yeah. Well, we. Why don't we? Why don't we? So we can on... do it next week. We can do it next why... week. It's not a problem. Okay. I was gonna say, why don't we plan on search for Spock just in case you don't, and then we'll oh, do yeah. it after. I'm getting paid yeah, on so the 15th, so I'm definitely going to go see it. Yeah. Either Wednesday or Thursday, so we can, you know. Okay. Yeah, so we'll do... Yeah, it's not going like to hurt to push it back. Yeah, it'll give more people well, time to see it. More people time to see it and stuff. Um, so as I mean, far Josh as... saw it, like, Justin's going to go see it. You're probably going to go see it too. Right? I have a ticket. I have a ticket for Saturday, so yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if okay I'm going to get to see it this weekend yet, so I don't know. But yeah, that that'll give people more time to see it and stuff. So oh, I'm okay as, with that. As far as uh, other stuff we have coming up uh, next week, we'll be going back to the uh, our main recording for the week. Will be another installment in the Away Mission series, where uh, the usual group will again be joined by Josh for Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Um, did we have to Forrest... go save Josh on the Genesis planet. <laughs> you know it. Uh, in in Voyage Home, will we be pulling him off the giant space tampon? Uh, <laughs> so, um, so we'll be doing that next week. Uh, I don't think we're planning on uh, the regular our, this regular Strange New Worlds reviews this weekend because of people's scheduling and stuff. So we'll just do two again uh, a week from now. Um, we're coming up on the end of the we season. That we're doing the. Oh, uh, yeah, we can. Why don't we? Uh, I can probably watch Massive Talent this weekend, and we could at least do that one and just hold it. Yeah. Um, does anybody other than Milos and I actually care about that movie in any way? Uh, not really. I figured I'd watch it on cable eventually. I'm just waiting for my Vampire's Kiss Blu-ray dropping in a week. Nice. It's the yeah, greatest so he, Nicolas Cage movie of all time. So he and I will do that at some point. Uh, maybe maybe next weekend after we do the Trek reviews, we'll knock that one out. I can't think it'll be that long. Um, um, is anybody doing Stranger Things? Because Sarah might want to do that. I um, have not- I have not I, watched it since season one, so I would be out on that. I'm uh, I'm gonna, I'm probably at this point just gonna wait until volume two comes out in July. Um, so, right, well, I mean, yeah. she's busy pretty much until July. So if you want to do that, I'll let her know, and then you guys can do it together. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll see if I get through it. Well, I think that Justin, if it helps any, I think the second half of it is just two like two hour episodes. I don't think it's. Yeah, 
Well, I got I got a lot I got a lot of stuff to catch up on now between like the finals and then um I haven't watched uh was today Thursday so I haven't watched the Kenobi this week I haven't watched uh, Strange New Worlds I haven't watched uh the other two episodes of The Boys which another th- one is coming out this week so I'm gonna have three episodes of The Boys to watch so, and you're down an yeah, episode so- on the Orville. Yeah. Oh, yep. And now I'm down on an episode on the Orville because I forgot that came out today. So I got an episode of the Orville, an episode of Kenobi, an episode of Strange New Worlds, and three episodes of The Boys to Watch. So Strange uh, Stranger Things is going to have to take a backseat for a second. And Miss Marvel started yesterday. Woo! Yeah. Oh, I think you're the only one watching that, John. <laughs> Milo, tell me oh, you're at least. <laughs> Enjoy it on your big screen TV. Tell, tell me you're <laughs> yeah. at least going to do that one because I'm not soloing a show about a teenage girl. <laughs> no, I'm going to do it. I, I'm watching it with my younger siblings, Dad and Kenobi. Okay. So. Yeah. At my, age, watch I, it. at my age, I refuse to do a solo podcast about a, about a TV show about a teenage girl. That's just. It could be worse. I could be one of the people we used to know who was like in his late 20s going to children's cartoon movies in the <laughs> middle of the day by himself and getting strange looks from parents it's funny because i uh we have a we have a, a 22 year old intern at my job now and you know you we were talking the other day and uh and uh i said he asked you know he said somebody else told me you were really into movies what are you planning on going to see in the next couple of weeks i said and, you know, I mentioned having a ticket for Dominion this weekend. I said, I really want to see Lightyear, too. And he goes, but wait, you're like 45. You can't go to one of those movies. I said, and I said, I have a wife. So, yes, I can. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I saw some of the Joeys who are now definitely in their 30s. And uh, they are excited for Lightyear going by themselves. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till it comes on Disney Plus for that one. Yeah, I think well, we're like I did mention before in us, for us in Croatia, it's dubbed, so yeah. like, I'm not gonna go see it anyways. Yeah, if I also go see it, like I I grab my siblings and be like, we're gonna go see it together. Or I'll put a I'll put a call out on the Facebook group to see if anybody else is gonna go, but we're not gonna go until the second. John, I thought uh, I thought you were gonna solo Turning Red. I. I didn't like it enough to even bother. I mean, dude, that movie was horrible. It was fine. It was okay, but it's like, uh-uh. <laughs> I watched my, it, my, but I was like, no. Turning Red, the story no. of Reva. <laughs> my, my, solo, no. uh-uh. my solo podcast of Turning Red would be like, I am not the target audience for this. I'm sorry. It was fine. End of podcast. If you're a kid, go see it. If you like Red Pandas, go see it. But it's like, uh-uh, I have nothing to say about this movie. Yeah, it, I mean, we, we enjoyed it. I just didn't, I just didn't like. Well, it was I, fun for like whatever, but it's like if you want to go deeper we, into the movie, it's just like, nope, uh-uh. We are, we are not the target audience for that, okay? I just had nothing. I just <laughs> oh, had, definitely it was, not. It was fine. <laughs> I just had nothing to say about it, so it was like, what exactly. The fuck? Yeah, I get it. I get like, it. Like we even, I, I'm we still, there with you, man. We saw the bad guys the same weekend. Like I rented, bo- where I rented the bad guys off of Amazon, and we watched mm-hmm. Disney Plus on Turning Red. We basically did them on the same night. And I was, I had a passing thought of like, 
oh, I'm going to do a solo podcast and just kind of jam these two together. And I was like, I didn't care about turning red enough to do that. And the bad guys is fine, but I just don't feel like there's anything I can say about it that would be interesting. So, no. <laughs> yeah, bad guys. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Yep, to but me, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, what are you going to say about bad guys? Yeah, like, it was fine. It was Sam Rockwell doing the same stuff he does in every movie. Yay. Yeah, and he works uh, because Sam Rockwell doing Sam Rockwell stuff. We're uh, we're going to do the Justin double feature at some point, but I think even now oh. Justin is backlogged. What was that? Yeah. Uh, pain and Gain and G.I. Joe. Joe. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Which uh, I was too. telling I was telling these guys that I did think about uh, doing um, Baywatch and Pain and Gain, but I was like, ah, I, did, you know, I didn't want to put you guys through all that, so I figured it would go with G.I. Joe. Do we want to, t- you know, Justin, if you want to give yourself time on that, do we want to do that closer to when Black Adam hits? October. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, if I mean, if you want to, we can do that. Okay. I'll make it a pre-rock show. Yeah. I still have the trailer for that, by the way. Uh, and we're gonna be closer to three hundred by then too. So we're gonna have no, three hundred like, for three hundred. We're only like twenty-eight away from three hundred right now. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we're gonna hit three hundred by like August. Uh. Yeah. Well, we'll be pretty close by August, I think. I mean. If we yeah on the schedule we're on. All right, boys we... and girls, I really have to go. Yep, I'm gonna go too. The nature is calling. Okay, I gotta eat. I think we're good though. Yeah. All right, guys. Check Later, out the uh, Cronenberg thing Brendan and I put up. Well, I'm definitely gonna listen to that. I'm really curious about that. So yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Later. Bye. Until next time. Oh, he never told the bot to leave. You got to do that. (laughs) I, I don't know how. That's all right.